check, check one, two, check. You got a guitar? I don't have a guitar. You don't have a and guitar. just like that, here I we ain't are. You got a pick either. Oh my God! You know we're recording, bro. No, I don't. Yeah, you are. Well, guess what? We're recording, and just like that, right there is episode six. <laughs> I just had to bring you back on, man. I'm you know? just glad you didn't take me down the pick path. You're like a hair on a biscuit. I just yeah, can't. Yeah. I can't go. I can't get rid of you. Did you hear background noise? I did not. Okay. I did I not. Just, I think it was some static. Yeah. Possibly static. It might have been some. We're wow. in a public environment. We are. We're you know, at the public. NADA. Formation clinic here at Dubuque, Iowa, and there is a not a whole lot of activity due to low ceilings. And uh, uh, did you place the order for the weather? I did. I, I ordered sun, but unfortunately, it was push, only for Tuesday. Did you push button number two? I don't for think good I weather. Did. I didn't know there was a button number yeah, two. Button number one was sucky weather. Why didn't you tell me that? Well, you you did the button push, not me. I technically I did. Technically, I'm just I here. Did. Remember, I'm a dumb wingman. I just follow my lead. All you're supposed to say is two, bingo, and lead. You're on That's fire. It. That's yeah. all I say. That's right. See, remember button two, button two, not <laughs> button one. <laughs> so, anyways, folks, we're here. We're just going to make this a more an informative podcast, as you probably see from the title. Um, how to get into warbirds, and I'm not just talking about. Flying. I'm not just talking about maintaining. I'm also talking about organizational logistics, um, any way, shape, or form, because it does take a large, talented group of individuals to keep these things flying. Of course, uh, everybody wants to fly them, and if you're a gearhead, everybody wants to work on them, but there's also background stuff, and we'll talk about that. But first, I do have to say thank you to everybody that has uh, given us ratings and five stars on iTunes and Google Play, Pocket Cast, and all the rest of the, uh, the main feed hubs. We will choose the uh, the winner on July 31st, which just happens to uh, be a certain Mustang pilot's birthday. Um, we'll just uh, randomly, and you know, I don't know. I might feel generous since it's my birthday. I might take two people for a ride. Is that we'll like see. a Mustang we're getting GT? A lot of, we're getting a lot. Of, it is. It is. You know, because I mean, you gin you guys have no no gym and tonics, yeah. no gym and tonics. Um, vodka soda would be fine with. With Monkey in Paradise premium vodka, that would be better. <laughs> it would be. Well, by the way, how many times was it? It's distilled, distilled seven times seven and carbon times. filtered for your pleasure. And for those of you that Just forget, the, that is the reason why we have this podcast. Is the lovely folks that shout out to Monkey in Paradise. All right, so anyways, let's get right to the meat and taters of the whole thing. Um, actually, just to the meat of it primarily, because uh, the low carb diet and all that kind of jazz. But um, how to get into warbirds. Uh, what I was going to start out with is rule number one or step number one. You need to be a pilot. That's uh, that is your first step. Go to your local airport. If you don't know if if flying's for that for you, or if you want to get into flying, or you say, "Oh, maybe I don't have the." Uh, there's people that come up to me all the time. who's like, "I don't think I have the the skill to be a pilot, dude." If 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 I can do it, you can. Go get a discovery flight. They're literally, I think they're like, I don't know, fifty-five bucks or whatever the hell they are. You're gonna, you're gonna go up. The, the certified flight instructor is gonna let you take the controls, see if flying is for you. And um, I'm really sorry of the side effects, which is you know possible uh, financial losses and and av geekery for the next ten to twelve years. But it uh, is addictive. It is addictive. It's, it's better than any drug. It's better than any high. No pun intended. But uh, obviously, is getting your pilot's licenses. Um, I cannot stress that enough. There is a huge pilot shortage. Aviation is is going to be crippled in the next couple of years. Uh, American infrastructure is going to be crippled over the next couple of years because of our lack of pilots. Go get your pilot's licenses, folks. I'm telling you, there's no time like the present. It's never going to be cheaper than right now. Costs are only going to go up. And the two things you can't reverse, gravity and time, 
Uh, well, you can sort of taxes. Uh, Doesn't taxes go you can if you you can if you move to Switzerland. Oh, yeah, it's different. It's, well, you can't really reverse it. There's a whole lot of taxes over there. Yeah, I would. I'd, I'd, uh, none of us on Air Power Podcast actually condone moving to Switzerland. Um, uh, legality purposes. I, I second that. I, he seconds that as well. Um, no, the islands are okay. Uh, the, the islands, man. Uh, the Bahamian the, the islands. islands. That's right. Shout out to Daniel Key. Anyways, um, so big step here is getting your getting your pilot's licenses. There's tons of there's tons of employment opportunities for you folks uh, to be able to fund your Warbird addiction, which is going to come next. One of the main things that the Warbird industry has over other organizations, and when I say other organizations, other genres for the lack of words, is they have wonderful uh, folks that are always looking for the big V word, volunteers. We all started as a volunteer. I was slave labor for, for my father for a number of years. I worked my way into what I was doing. Uh, my father employed several folks that had the ability um, to later kind of work on it, which we'll get into the maintenance side of it. But for flying-wise, folks, got to do your time. Um, go and volunteer at these organizations. Commemorative Air Force has done a marvelous job with that. Collings Foundation doing a marvelous job with that. But, however, the one thing I'm going to push more than anything is aviation museums. These aviation museums are an aging crowd and there's nothing wrong with that but young folks need to get more into this industry and there's no other better there's no better way to get into this industry than volunteering in an air museum when i say an air museum for those of you in florida you can't throw a rock without plinkoing off of two of them they are everywhere central florida south florida even in the north florida area they have flying museums that are actually maintaining living history and when i say living history i mean aircraft that are actually operational uh, yeah, I was just going to mention that summer static and summer flying, and that's so fine. It's important and, you know, it, it's, to find the uh, right avenue for you. That's that's a good. That's a because either good way point. is fine. It really is. You know, if you start a museum with static, let's say you're at the uh, the da- right pat. Let's say you're at Dayton. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's like the the big one, Pima Air and Space Museum, my absolute mm-hmm. favorite museum in the entire world. No offense, you Farhazi, but do you know my sister um, airplane is there? No, one bureau number off of our that's Corsair. The, really, the Pima Corsair. Yeah. It's one. It's ninety-seven one forty-two, and we're uh, ninety-seven one forty-three. Uh, you're supposed to say that on My Corsair Cast. That. that was the previous episode. Oh, we can't man. talk about now. Okay, right, can look. we clip, cut, can, paste, click, cut. move it? You know no. what? We'll we'll table it. Okay. Table it. That's table what we need. Table it to the next Sorry. one. Sorry. Sorry to go. digress. <laughs> Anyways, sister ship. That's pretty cool. But yeah, my point is, is, Dad found that. By these, the way, I'll be damned. Yeah, well, these museums are always looking for volunteers. What's going to happen when you get to that is the next step. Majority of these. World War II aircraft. Uh, when we say warbirds, we're talking about surplus military aircraft, whether they are liaison, trainer, fighter, bomber, transport, observation. Um, am I missing a genre here, Mr. Fast No balloons. Um, no balloons. Sorry, there's no Civil War balloons society. Submarines? Yet. So, uh, they didn't fly. No, no subs. They don't fly. Nope. I, they, they, they went pretty fast. They went pretty fast, but they didn't fly. Um, they had a wing. They do have a wing. Yes, they, they do. You know, hydrodynamics, so aerodynamics, same damn thing. Um but most of these World War II aircraft, these Warbird aircraft, are tailwheel. So the next step for you would be to get a tailwheel endorsement. It is not a license. It is not a rating. It is an endorsement that goes in your log, but which gives you the ability to fly conventional gear, which means that there's a little itty-bitty wheel in the back of the aircraft or in the center of gravity is behind the main gear. Um, most of the World War II aircraft, as you see, the T-6, the Corsair even, um, the Mustang, P-40, uh, bombers, B-17, um, I think it's pretty much the only tailwheel bomber. Well, other than Lancasters and the foreign stuff, um, they all have tailwheels. And go get your tailwheel license. Go get a tailwheel endorsement, excuse me, and uh, 
and start banging out tail wheel time. Go go champ flying, go cub flying, go decathlon flying, husky flying. Um, go get tail wheel time. And your next step as you're volunteering for these organizations and making them become better um, organizations as a whole uh, when I say volunteering, volunteering, doing anything, selling tickets, uh, scrubbing toilets, pulling weeds. I used to pull weeds at Titusville. Yeah. <laughs> I used to go around and, and help with the, the gardening. Well, you know, yeah. they actually rebuild static aircraft, too. They do. So you yes. can volunteer to help restore aircraft without having to worry about FAA compliance and being correct because it's static displays. Which segues so, which, into the maintenance side exactly. of it. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So you don't have to be an aviation mechanic to help right. restore some of these great museum pieces. That, and that's a wonderful point because that sort of segues over to the maintenance side of it where if you are an airframe and power plant rated mechanic uh, – Museums are your best avenue. They're always looking for they're always looking for mechanics that are eager to learn from those that are uh, have the skills. Um, and we'll get we'll segue back to pilots here in a second. But we're sort of just going over the the maintenance and the pilots, which are the two um, main areas that people want to get into these aircraft. Maintenance would be a lot easier for those of you that are maintainers because let's be honest, these airplanes cannot fly. If there's an airplane, if there's a warbird in the air, maintenance put it there. All right, and. If you guys can help keep these airplanes flying, that's one more thing that you can put as a feather in your cap or something on your resume or whatever else you want to call it that's going to help you guys. Um, but as for pilots, get your tailwheel time. Volunteer for these organizations. You know, Collings Foundation flies around and gives gives rides to everybody, and they have a, they have a very impressive fleet. They do have a Mustang. They have bombers. Um, they do take very qualified people to fly these aircraft. So let's talk about essentially a step uh, up to that would be something along the lines of a CAF unit with a T6 um, or a museum with a T6. Uh, and I keep advocating T6 because this year is the 80th anniversary of the first T6 that flew, 1938. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. And you have an SNJ that you I do. The, that you Actually, fly. two. You have technically two. This is Te- two. No, it's no technical. It's not flying I have yet. two. It's not flying an yet. An SNJ4 yeah. and an SNJ5. Yeah. Is it? Remember button number two? I knew okay. button. You know, Don't hit button I'm upset we didn't fly those there. I'm very upset with that. I am, too. I, you know what? We should be in that 8 and we're not. Mm. That's okay. Next However, time. Next time. At the, well, we're going to fly in the 100. Oh, oh yeah. what you know about that? <laughs> that and my walker. Whatever, man. Let's I need join, a walker. Uh, whatever, man. Will you help club? me? Uh, yeah. Will I'll you help. shove me up in the airport? We're going to load you in with a cherry picker. Thank you. But, uh, you know, and that's going to be that's going to be interesting because you and I are going to be around for the 100th. Now, fathom that. 100 years of a certain airplane. Wow. You I'll, watch, I'll watch you fly. Well, that's fine. Hey, look. Look, Don Stamp's still flying. He's, he's, he's well, up there in the age. Maybe Julia. Well, you know, you she's, know. she's working on the maintenance side right the now. The next generation, for those of you listening, you all could fly in the 100th anniversary of the T6. Um, so the big thing is a T6 because that's the gateway drug to all these uh, to all these aircraft. And I use that term loosely because insurance requires it. It is a more difficult aircraft to fly than, oh, let's say a, a Super Decathlon or something along those lines. And people always come to me and say, well, I have pits time. I have this time. Look, that's that's extra time, whatever. That's that's a good stepping stone for a T6. But once you get into a T6, which is a 5,300-pound aircraft with a 600-horsepower engine on it, and it's a thrust-to-weight ratio of a Cessna 152, um, for those of you who want to do the math, it's about the same. Um, it's it's a different aircraft altogether, to be honest with you. Uh, so the T six is that is your next step. You got to find your way into a T six or volunteer at your local airport with a gentleman that has a T six. And I'm not saying to to get cozy buddy buddy and have an agenda with somebody, but these 
aircraft all need help in some way, shape, or form. Help him with the maintenance. Help him with washing of the airplanes. That's how my father got into this. Um, he helped Clay Lacey and everybody out at Van Nuys washing airplanes, and Clay let him use the Harvard a little bit, the Harvard II that he had. And um, I think he I think he brought that airplane to TBO, flying it around, all from washing it, you know. Um, great thing. Great things happen to good people that, that that put in the time, and you know, success is guaranteed when oppor- when opportunity and preparation meet. That's what I was always told. Well spoken. And so once you get T six time, the next thing is get your hours in a T six. Transition to the back seat as soon as you can because the back seat sight picture in a T six is very very similar to a lot of these fighters like <clears throat> the hose nose that happen to fly. Which by the way is a slang term for a certain bent wing uh whistling death uh what's that thing called you know Course jealousy it. gets you nowhere it doesn't i know just i just want to point I'm that just out jealousy your landing gear bro <sighs> i mean that's I, i've never seen you bounce me either yes. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute now if i'm in the yeah. snj meanwhile let's you know, stiff I, like I a mustang log every single one Good boy. On my landings. No, per landing. I might make three landings on one landing. I was wondering why you I had 4,000 hours T6 time with 30,000 no, landings. landings. Like 4,000 oh. landings. Oh, okay. It's the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's sort of where we're going to segue off of pilots because, I mean, once you get into the T6, then it's just finding an organization that will give you the ability to further yourself. And for those of you that are uh, – we have a lot of European listeners – um, I understand it is harder over there because of a lot of the regulations and a lot of the uh, – uh, they don't fly as much as we do over here in the States due to due to either whether it be user fees or whether it be airspace restrictions, aircraft restrictions, uh, or just the organizations don't fly them very much. Um, but still, this principle is, is uh, globally neutral because all these organizations need help. You know, I think it's also important to point out the Ilbert is really a nice precursor to the T6. That is well said. And you know what? I didn't even think of that, Jim. It's, a, it's more affordable. It is. They're fun. You still get the you know conventional gear training. Um, it's a lower cost, entry level. Mm-hmm. It's a lower operational cost as well. Still a Warbird. Very affordable. Very similar to Cessnas and things. So that might be an option. It is. And, and then slowly build your conventional wheel time. You have an Ilbert. I do. Yeah, I had an L5, and now I have an L19. Which is a great airplane. An Bird L19 dog. is is uh, absolutely fabulous aircraft. I love flying that airplane. You know, you can fly with the windows open. I put my arm out. You know? Didn't know that. Yeah. There mm-hmm. you go. Yeah, But, you know, even like right, right up through the L4. I mean, the L4 is one of the most yes. underutilized warbirds out there. And, I mean, there was people that observed the D-Day landings from L4s. Really? They're, yes. And, I didn't know that. And uh, that was hmm. that was one of the most underutilized things in in mm-hmm. at least the story of warbirds is mm-hmm. how these grasshoppers the l4s were the backbone of our observation fleet in europe mm-hmm. and of course the l5 over in over in the pacific mostly mm-hmm. and it was. um but yeah that's uh that's, that's a very good point so the l birds especially um to well, into entry that. level and that's if you want to if you want to affordably own one and mm-hmm. and and get into it or you can buy a project very I, economically. I like projects. Mm-hmm. And then slowly yes. build this up as you can afford it. So you can do a mm-hmm. stepping stone arrangement in a project form um, in lieu of just buying something that's already flying. Because it's maybe cost prohibitive for you as a person. That so does. That makes sense. I know Dad and I did that. That's how it that's We went how out and looked at the airplane and said, we can't yep. afford that. So we bought a project. There you go. 
Quicksilver was a project. That's how we did it. Korean so. War Hero was a project. Yep. Three truckloads. There you go, folks. Ten That's, years. That is another avenue to do this. Now, I'm not saying to go find a Corsair in a barn, because if you do, I want you to call this number uh, <laughs> that will be at the bottom of this podcast so we can pick it up. Um, but anyways, that's. That's a very good point, Jim. I, I didn't even, I did not even think about that. Now, that sort of wraps it up for the pilots because from there, folks, the roadmaps are endless. I mean, w- this podcast would be uh, four hours long if we talked about all the avenues uh, to to get there. You know, obviously, if you're going to go transport, let's say you want to do a heavy, you want to do C-47, you want to do B-17, even B-29, which C-45, is C-45, C-45. That's go. a nice, nice bird. It's a nice bird. Has great, great ramp presence. Um, uh, then you're going to have to get a multi uh, multi engine uh, rating. Keep stacking, and exactly, just keep adding ratings onto that, um, and then get some multi hours. And I know there's a lot of airline gals out, guys out there, guys and gals that have uh, tons and tons of multi time. You guys need to utilize your skills that that you are um, that you're using every day. Come and come and be a part of the warbird industry. I mean, why not? Yeah, get look at the oil wire at it. Yeah. You know, that's a functional airplane. It is very much so. You can take family, and uh, also you have a, a Warbird, bona fide, oh, you know, there you go. observation. And I'm trying to remember what the Baron was. That's one, too. Oh, geez. It's a um, 55, and I don't remember. T-bone? No, not T-Bone. Um, uh, they had twin Bonanzas, too. They had the twin Bonanzas, twin bows. Twin bows, yeah. yeah. And then the Blue Canoe. The Blue Canoe, the, the yeah, U-3s. Yeah. Yeah. U-11, which is a... Which is a uh, U-C or U? Uh, U eleven from U11? what I okay. U eleven was the uh, was the Aztec. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. Navy had some U elevens, mm-hmm. mostly gray. Um, there's one that's flying right now that was a U eleven. Shout out to Naomi. Um, oh, yeah, really? she's flying it. Yeah, wow. it's U eleven. Nice. So, nice. Yep. Well, at Oshkosh, you'll see a lot of aircraft, and that's you it. can Just see walk some of these the rooms. You know, I see a blue canoe only at Oshkosh. <laughs> I walked down the line and said, wow, look at that 310, then realized it's a military variant of the 310. There you go. And it was actually in service, too. Yes. They have service records. They have military service records. I believe um, the Air Force was on that one. Yes, I believe. I, I, I concur with that. So for mechanics, guys, that's pretty straightforward. Is uh, As we were saying with uh, the restoration portion of it, that's how you get your hand into what it. What was the uh, 172? Remember there was a military... Mascalero, the, T, the T-41. 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 Yes. Now, yep. that is a Cessna. And it Very is a, straightforward. And, and it, it is truly a, a Warbird. It is truly a Warbird. And you know what? Whenever people start comparing it to 172, yes, it is. It is drastically different. It is. It is but drastically somewhat different. similar. There you go. That's one. And a tricycle gear. 195. Not a conventional, but that's okay. You got the 195? It that's does. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I don't remember it, but it's U-26. That's it. UC-26. Cessna one ninety five. UC. So you I, told me U before. I do see. And I thought there was a C in there. UC or I C. You were wrong. Oh. No, I was wrong. I look on this you know podcast. What? I'm, I'm never wrong. You're never wrong. Just That's ask right. me. I'll tell you. Are you ever wrong? Nope. Twice. Mm-mm. Oh. It's tough having a podcast. It's at distracting. <laughs> it's you know? distracting. Windows. The problem is windows. It's we like have too many windows. We're in, in a fishbowl. I want we you are. to know that. Why? Literally. They're all looking in the window at us. The least they could do is feed us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fit Don't guy, feed fit guy the animals. There's a sign right there. Don't there feed the animals. So for maintenance. Don't um, tease the animals. Hey, get back on track. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, don't feed the animals. Um, so back for, for maintenance is, is the restoration portion of it. You were talking about static displays. Uh, static aircraft's a good way to get your get your fingers into stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Jim needs to fly. Oh, boy. Oh, I need to fly? 
you need oh, to fly. Okay, go fly, my Jim. flight is going. Go. Sorry, dude. Dude. I really enjoyed it. I did too, my friend. I wish I got on the mechanic side because that's okay, that I'm getting ready is to hit one it. of my strengths. That's all right, buddy. I'm going to get ready to get it. You fly safe. We'll see you on the ground. All right. See so, you. See ya. So, anyways, back to back to what we're talking about with the, with the maintainers now that uh, Jim's leaving the fishbowl. Um, as I said, we are here at a, at a formation clinic, and Jim and myself are, are Czech airmen for for formation clinic, so we're very, very uh, utilized at this uh, this event. Um, static display aircraft for the maintainer or for the for the guys that want to get into main skies of girls. Um, that is an excellent place to start because that's where you're going to learn the inner workings and basic skills. And you don't need you don't need a license. You don't need an A and P. You don't need to be anything else other than an eager beaver to in order to uh, to get in on this. Titusville has a bunch of them. I use Titusville because there's a lot of. I understand we have a lot of listeners in Florida. Um, a lot of these other museums that do operate these aircraft, they do have uh, a vast volunteer staff, but they're always looking for more. But like I said, static displays give you the ability to cut your teeth on it. Now, for flying aircraft, it's even better. You can actually go out whenever they go to air shows or whenever they go to functions. You can actually go out and um, be a part of the the maintenance operations, helping with the pre-flight, the preventative maintenance, the uh, post-flight. I cannot emphasize with these warbirds how how important it is to post-flight these aircraft because that's when you're going to catch a lot of the issues. If you just get out of the airplane, tie it down, go in and have a beer with your bros, you might actually miss something. And when you come out in the morning to pre-flight it, either that oil stain has has um, got a little lighter or the fuel stain has uh, or the fuel has evaporated off or, uh, you know, the hydraulic the hydraulic stains are, are different. Um, maybe the struts have actually uh, distended a little more. Um, the post flight is incredibly, incredibly uh, important. Um, and then the tertiary portion of, of what we want to talk about was the volunteers uh, for logistics, organizational. We're talking about the people that put together the schedules. We're talking about the people that put together the maintenance schedules. You don't even need to be a maintainer. You should have a inner workings of, of maintenance operations. But those those folks that actually, while the airplanes are on tour or while the airplanes are at an air show or, or while the airplanes are day-to-day flight ops – come up with the, uh, for the lack of words, A checks, B checks, C checks, D checks, uh, heavy maintenance checks, 100 hours, 50 hours, um, keep component times for those uh, those places that are have time critical elements, either whether they're flying helicopters or they're flying jets or um, something along those lines. Large, categ- uh, large category transports, so C-47s, uh, a lot of the, uh, the C-54, C-97s, which are now out flying. Um, another organization that's always looking for volunteers, Berlin Airlift Foundation, who's always looking. They have a C-54 and a C-97 now. Can you imagine that? 208-some-odd spark plugs and, and four of those uh, 28-cylinder engines. I mean, let's let's be honest here, guys. That's that's staggering, um, literally. Um, always looking for people to help keep those airplanes uh, airworthy. And that's pretty, much, that's pretty much the conclusion of this. This is a shorter podcast on it, probably about uh, just under 30 minutes. And really appreciate you guys tuning in. If you guys have any questions, by all means, hit us up on Instagram, Quicksilver P51 is the easiest way to get in touch with me, uh, or on our Facebook page, Quicksilver P51. That is the that is the most direct route to send send me questions, or if you have, guys have ideas for future podcasts, uh, let's get that out there. Also, once again, please give this podcast five stars, positive rating. We'll hopefully see you in the backseat of Quicksilver soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll talk to you soon.